right? Nobody. Amen. Well, everything begins with a seed. Amen. It's in seed form. And uh, so tonight I want to go to Psalms 126 and read that. Uh, who we got back there tonight? Oh, Sister Ava. All right. So if you could get that for me. Psalms 126, verse 1 through 6. Amen. It says, When the Lord turned again the captive of Zion, we were like them that dreamed. Then was our mouth filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. And then said they among the heathen, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us, whereof we are glad. He said, turn again our captivity, O Lord, as streams in the south. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weeps bears precious seed shall doubtlessly come again with rejoicing and bringing his sheaves or his harvest with him. Amen. May God bless the reading of his word on tonight. You know, a lot of people describe greatness as uh, being rich or being famous. But you can be rich and never great. You can be educated and never great. You can be popular and never great. You can, you can have all of these things that the world calls and says is great. But if you do not finish the task in which God has created you for then you are not successful. Success and prosperity are, and greatness do not always take financial form. There are some people that may be considered financially successful, but yet they, they have not succeeded in life. And so I want to talk tonight about this because I believe that everything, as I said, begins with a seed. This text about harvest gathering the blessing and the praising begins all with a seed and in verse 6 the bible said he goes forth bearing precious seed it all begins with the seed the mighty oak begins as an acorn the children of israel were as the stars of the heavens and the sands of the sea but they all began with one seed. It was the seed named Isaac. Our salvation began according to 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 23. He said, you're born again not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible seed. A little seed can do a lot of great work. Amen. Just think about it tonight. That because of what the seed that was sown in Jesus Christ the, the world knows salvation today. 
Amen. Everyone on this planet has the opportunity to accept Jesus Christ as their personal savior. There is something in you that God wants to harvest. There is something that God placed in all of us. He called us earthen vessels and he said he's placed a treasure in all of us, right? And so inside of all of us, there is precious cargo. There is a seed within you that God is wanting to cultivate. He is wanting to bring about out of you that miracle. He's wanting to bring out of you that strength, that potential. He's wanting to bring out of you that power, that calling, that gift, that skill that he's placed on the inside of your life. And so whatever it is that is in you is underdeveloped in your life. So he takes that gift and he begins to develop it inside of you. Amen. Everything that has, every gift that God gives has to be worked, right? These musicians tonight, they, yeah, we can look at them and we can see that they didn't start playing like they're playing here tonight, but they took time. It took work. They cultivated the passion that was there. The gift was there, but it still took a lot of work to cultivate the gift so that they could play the instrument in which God had gifted them to play. They developed that gift. And there is a seed inside of each and every one of us. There is potential in our future. But you have to understand that, as I said last week, and I, I try, we'll try not to reiterate too much here tonight, but I want to try to tie it all together. We have to understand our season. Everyone has stages and they have to go through seasons. Seasons are normal and God made seasons and time. Hebrews 11 and 3 said, through faith, we must understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. You have to understand which season you're in and be able to expect the circumstances that, that come along with that season. As I said last week, you, you would consider what season you're in because if you're in a sowing time and you're expecting to reap, then you will become frustrated, right? If you, on the other hand, if you're in a harvest season and you're sowing, then you'll miss the harvest. And so you have to know what season you're in and understand what it is that that, that season brings about. What season, what that is working inside of us. So we consider what that season is doing for us. And uh, you see, uh, because uh, a lot of times people think that we look at someone and we have this idea that they have always been where they are. Right? Uh, whenever we uh, uh, younger folks look at their parents and they see that they've got this, that, and other, they think they've always been there, but they didn't see the, uh, you know, they didn't see the, the nights that you, when you were first got married and you didn't have, amen? They didn't see the first house you lived in. They didn't see the first car you drove. Ain't nobody talking up in here tonight. Amen. <laughs> Man, I remember my first car. It was a 76 Nova. And uh, it had a hole in the floorboard. 
and uh, it was good as long as it hadn't been raining or anything, but whenever it rained, it would have the potential if you hit a mud puddle for that water to come up through that hole. And you couldn't be cool whenever you had mud all over you. Amen. So I, I, <laughs> I found me a stop sign. I didn't steal it. It was not being used. And I took it and I put it in that floorboard. <laughs> and it kept the water from splashing up <laughs> on the inside of the car. You know you got a problem when what's on the outside starts coming up on the inside, right? And so I remember that. I remember, you know, preaching and, 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 and preaching in, in venues wherever I could preach. I've never turned down an invitation. The only invitations that I've ever turned down is whenever it wasn't possible for me to be in a place. I, I've never turned it down because it was too small or insignificant because I don't believe that I, take, I do not take lightly the opportunity to s- preach the word of the Lord. Amen. But I, I remember preaching and, and I have been blessed to preach to large numbers of people, several thousands of people. And, and I don't do that on an everyday basis, but I have had that privilege. But uh, anybody can preach to 10,000 people. I mean, if you've got any preaching at all and, and there's an anointing, anybody can do that. It'll take a Holy Ghost filled fire baptized somebody to go and preach to three people. And two of them were asleep. (laughs) Amen. I sure enough know because I've done it. Amen. Drive for an hour and a half to get there. Three folk there and I'm not, I'm not, it ain't even joking. And and three dear old ladies was there and and two of them were asleep. And uh, so I guess that showed me what they thought of my preaching. But, but it ain't always, what I'm trying to say, it ain't always been like that, right? There, there's a process. There's a journey that we walk on. And, and God allows us to, to develop on the backside of the desert. He allows us to do it in places where that, that everybody isn't looking at us. But he allows us to make failures and mistakes, amen, like David on the backside of the desert so that he is in training for reigning. He is preparing him for where he is going. And so that's what I'm trying to say tonight is that at some point there, there, there are stages in our life. And I've, I've been in full-time ministry now for 30 years. I started when I was 15. And, and so you can do the math. But, but the good thing of it is, is knowing this, that, that God has process taking place in our lives. He is taking us from season to season and he is bringing us about. And so that's what we have to get people to understand is, is simply that that it doesn't just metamorphosis out but you have to work it you have to allow God to do a thing in your life so whatever it is if it's teaching gift if it's a preaching gift if it is a musical gift if it is whatever the gift is you have to take that and allow God to hone those skills and use it for his glory and his honor We have to set a plan into motion and stick to that plan and exercise patience by not plucking the fruit before it is ripe. Amen. You've got to allow that fruit to ripen. You've got to go through the season. You have to be steady and don't become hysterical. Amen. It may not happen overnight, but you stick to it. You keep being faithful and consistent. There's something about consistency that God will honor. 
There's something about being persistent in the word and persistent in seeking after his face that God loves. Amen. And, and the Habakkuk tells us the vision is yet for an appointed time. And at the end, it shall speak and will not lie. And so there is a process that is going on. It's for an appointed time and at different times, different seasons, there are different things that God is working inside of us. And so we cannot be frustrated. We can, well, we can be, but it's not going to help anything. But we become frustrated because we, are, uh, we don't understand the time or the season we're in. And so when we learn the understand the time and the season, we may not even enjoy it, but we can learn through it, right? And so most people never reach greatness because they think that they can just be a hobo and ride for free. Amen? But I don't care what anybody tells you, friend, nothing is free. The only thing that you receive free is what Jesus Christ gave us in salvation. And he paid the price for that. Amen. And so it it is somebody has to pay. Somebody has to pay the price. And people never reach greatness because they think that, that somehow that it's supposed to just be a free ride. But there is a price to pay. You can't have much without paying much. You can, you, you don't plant seed and just say, well, I've done the job. I've planted my seed, but you have to sow the seed, but then you have to go back and water the seed. You have to water when, when you care about something enough that you'll cry over it. When you care about something enough that you'll weep over it. When you, when you shed a few tears over it, the Bible said, when you sow in tears, then you'll reap in joy. Amen. And if we don't care enough for the loss that we cry for them. Amen. I see. I'm going to have to preach on that a little bit. I said, if we don't have a burden for the lost until we weep and we cry over them, then we'll never see the harvest. Amen. But with broken hearts and a contrite spirit that we cry out to God and our heart is broken over the loss and we begin to weep at the altar and we begin to cry out. That is what is sowing in tears, but we're going to reap in joy when they come down the aisle, when they when they go into Walmart and somebody leads them to Christ. It doesn't matter where, but whenever they come to salvation, when they come to a relationship with Jesus Christ. Christ where they find him personally there's not going to be weeping of over their soul anymore it will be rejoicing because of a son or a daughter a husband or wife a friend or a neighbor who has been brought out of darkness into the light of Jesus Christ amen and so many people they they don't see that they don't see the need for that they don't feel like it's necessary But you don't just plant the seed without watering the seed. Hannah did that. She prayed in the temple until she lost her words. Right? And the priest came in and thought that she had lost her mind. But the reality of it was that she had some seed in the ground. 
Amen. And she was believing God for the harvest. And so there ought to be something in us that causes us to go beyond words. There ought to be something in us that goes beyond us just saying the thing, but it causes us to push beyond and say, whatever it takes, amen, to see the purpose, the plan of God being fulfilled in my life, that is what I'm willing to do, amen. Jacob wrestled with the Lord all, or an angel all night long. And he said, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. Why? Because Jacob had investment. He had something that he believed was greater than what he had presently experienced. And he said, it doesn't matter the cost of this thing. I've already sowed some seed and I'm ready to see the harvest take place. Amen. And so we've got to be that way. We've got to be like Hannah. We've got to be like Jacob and say whatever it takes, but we're going to water the seed that we have sown in our lives. Luke 14 speaks, and specifically verse 28 through 31, speaks of counting the cost. Counting the cost before you build a tower. Counting the cost before you go to war. You see, he's telling us here that there will be personal expense. Huh? There will be a price to pay. Right? Do you have, have what it takes? Are you willing to pay the price? And it's not, and understand it's not just about money. That's the lowest form of wealth. Amen. If you build it, you must pay for it. If you have a desire, then you must determine what it's going to take to give birth to it. If you're going to reap in joy, then you must sow in a reap or cry out in some tears. And that they sowed in tears, they reaped in joy. Amen. The season changed. Amen. Did you see the season change there? The season changed of weeping to the season of rejoicing. Because seasons don't last forever. Amen. They will change. Just as they change in the natural, they change in the spirit. And so what we have to understand is that, yes, it, this time may be a weeping time. This time may be a time when I'm crying out and I'm seeking the face of God and I'm believing God for what seems like is impossible. But I may be crying and weeping now, but just as sure as I've been crying and weeping to the same proportion, the same level, joy is going to come into my life. Life, and I'm going to see the fulfillment of this thing. Amen. So Luke 14 and 27 said, whatever, whatsoever do not bear his, whosoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. We all have a cross to bear. Amen. Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me. In other words, there, are, there is a cross, there is a heaviness that, that we will carry. And, and, and so, but everybody's looking at the other person's cross and saying their cross isn't as heavy as my cross. So and so, uh, they have a wonderful marriage. Yes, 
but their children are in rebellion. So-and-so, they have a wonderful family, yes, but they're living in hell at their job, their workplace, right? Everybody has a cross. It may, our cross may look different. There may be things that we go through in life that look different, but all of us have a cross to bear. God is not unjust, and every one of us have one. There is a reason that we don't talk about it is because we've learned to walk with it. We've learned to walk with the cross. We have learned to walk with this thing of whatever it is that, that is burdensome, that is heavy. Uh, Paul had a, described it as a thorn in his flesh. There's something, but I want to tell you it is not of waste. It isn't just something that God says, let me just let you carry this burden through life. But he uses that cross to keep us at, at, to, uh, in a place of prayer. He uses that cross so that because you know whenever everything is going good how many know we have a tendency to quit praying like we used to and it's unfortunate but but that's the reason why that I'm getting excited about the the hour in which we live is because even though it it, it causes uh fear and concern in people's hearts we are we're seeing the economy in this nation that is that is crumbling and is going down and and America even the children of Israel they couldn't serve God in prosperity all through the scriptures all through history people can't serve God in in times of prosperity but in times of adversity they'll turn back their hearts toward God amen and so it gives us even though we don't enjoy the, the, uh, that, that econ- economic collapse and all of the mess that goes with it in the spirit there's a great opportunity for an awakening to take place in America again amen where people will turn their hearts back toward God amen And so God uses it to humble us. He uses it to keep us in a place of prayer and intercession so that we're not complaining about the cross. We're just carrying the cross. Keep the desire and that will see what God has for you. Never lose the desire. If you have a desire to withstand opposition, no, it's not easy. And it won't be quick. But don't ever allow the devil to break your spirit. I'll not let him drown my desire. I'll not allow him to, 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 to distill my purpose and to, to bring about such resolve that, that I won't believe for what God has said. Amen. There must be an attraction to your destination. There must be an attraction to where God is taking you. If you don't know where God is taking you, then there's no attraction. Then you won't know when you've arrived. Amen. But there's got to be an attraction. There must be something in you that pushes you toward the goal toward the prize toward the miracle toward the deliverance toward the breakthrough and and many people never make it to that end because they're too busy worried about the steps or the process that they're going through amen but you cannot lose sight going through the process you cannot lose sight of the goal 
that is set before you. Amen. Because every one of us has a goal. There, there is a focus. There is something that temporarily we are going through. But this temporary circumstance is not, not, not the goal. So let's, let, let's not get caught up on the temporary circumstance because this is not where we're going to stay. And so if we're not going to stay here, this is not our destination. This is not where we're going to. Then we do not have to worry about where we presently are. We just got to learn what season that we're in, learn the lesson in this season, but we're not staying here. So don't get conformed to this season because there is a goal there is a place that we're headed and we are not staying here nudge your neighbor and say this ain't it amen that storm is a trick of the enemy to be tried to distract you from the goal peter was called to walk on the water the goal his destination was jesus and while he was Walking on the water, he becomes distracted by the storm and the wind. And once he was distracted, he began to sink. But as long as he kept his eyes on the goal, he was able to do the impossible. Amen. Let me say that again. As long as he kept his eyes on the goal, he was able to do the impossible. He was in the middle of a storm, yet able to do the impossible. He was there whenever everything was setting, uh, the wind was blowing, the storm was raging, but he kept his focus upon Jesus. And as long as that happened, he could get uh, progress to the, the, to the promise, to the destination, to the goal. But when he caught his eye, when the wind began to catch his thoughts, everything began to fall apart. I want to say to you that that is the work of the enemy. He will try to get you distracted. He will try to get your eye off of the goal, but you've got to continue to press toward the mark of the prize. You hold on to the goal because the goal is your destination. Amen. And so if this is not my destination, then why should I worry about where I'm presently at? Because where I'm presently at is not where I'm staying. I read it somewhere. Maybe, maybe you did too. The suffering of this present time are not worthy to be compared. Amen. To the joy right are the glory that shall be set before us it's going to be revealed in us jesus described the same about the cross he said but for the joy that was set before him he endured the cross the cross was a season of jesus's life the cross was not something joyful. It wasn't something pleasant. But he had to walk through that season to get to the joy that was set before him. How could a man hang on a cross? How could a man yield without giving any inclination of a fight or, or warfare or a struggle? Because he won the battle at another season of his life. The battle was not won on the cross. The battle was won in the season called the garden. 
Amen. And in the garden, the battle was won in his mind. The struggle was over, not on the cross. The struggle was over in the garden. Are you walking with me? Whenever he said, Father, I don't know if there is be any other way. Let this cup pass from me. But nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. The struggle was over. Praise God. So he could come out of a season of struggle and he could come into a season of death. What would seem like debt because you remember at the beginning of this I told you that every vision every dream every purpose has a death barrel and resurrection God gives you the dream he gives you the destiny he gives you the goal he gives shows you the purpose but whenever he shows you that there's sometimes a long way between what you've seen in revelation what you've seen in word what you've seen in promise what you've seen in prayer and the fulfillment of that there are some processes to getting there Amen. And what Jesus saw was that God the Father, hallelujah, would have a family again. Because the family had been kidnapped by the devil and was holding a hostage ransom that said, I want your son. I want blood, right? But what he did not know, the Bible said, if they had known that he was the son of God, they would have never destroyed him. They would have never crucified him. But they played right into the hands of the plan of God because Jesus would go through Gethsemane. He would go to the cross. But how did he go through the whipping? How did he go through the crown of thorns? How did he go through the snails put through his hands? How did he go through the mocking? I'll tell you how he went through it. There was a joy set before him. What was the joy? His father would have a family again. Sons and daughters would be connected to Father God again. And for the joy of seeing the family come together, he endured the cross so me and so you and so everyone could have life and have it more abundantly. Glory to God. Amen. And so Jesus despised the shame of the cross. But for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. You can't handle the cross unless you remind yourself of the crown. You have to remind yourself of the joy that lays before you. You have to remind yourself that weeping endures for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Amen. The harvest, the harvest. In verse 1, he said, the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion. And it will turn around. There will be a turning point for all of us. God will not let that thing go on forever. Amen. I know some folks that act as though that they will be down all of their life. But the truth of the matter is, is it will not last forever. Listen to me. Some people have so much faith in failure. They're so sure they're going to lose their job. They're so sure they're going to lose their home. They're so sure that it isn't going to work out for them. They have so much faith in failure. But if you have that much faith in failure, why can't we have that much faith in success, in the word of God, in the promises of God? Amen. Look at Job. Yes, he suffered greatly. But he held on to the promise of God. 
if you have so much faith uh, in, in, those, in, in failure, then we have to flip that thing over and have faith for what you, you, God said that you were going to have. Have faith for the things that he has promised you in your life. And, and look at Job. He suffered greatly, but that, that that he suffered only lasted a few months. It didn't last all of his life. It was a few months. And then it was over. Then restitution happened. Restoration took place. Amen. And not only did he gain back everything that had been stolen. That's the reason I say restitution. Because not only did everything gain back that was stolen. But he added great more more to it. Amen. And so. It didn't last all of his life. And sometimes we feel like that it's going to last all of our life. It may even look like it's going to last all of our life. But the reality of it is, is seasons are going to change. And we're going to go through this. And there was a, a, another season in Job's life. A lot of people like to, to uh, you know, I, I call them gloom and doom people. They, they, they have a knack at getting all the gloom and doom stories and putting them together. Amen. They, they had fit good on hee-haw. Gloom, despair, and agony on them. But the, day, the season of, of darkness, the season of weariness, the season of the cross isn't, it isn't joyful. Job's few months wasn't pleasant But watch in verse 9 when it turned, chapter 42, verse 9. He said, the Lord turned the captivity of Job and then he prayed for his friends. Also, the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Now, this... this this word here, when he prayed for his friends, you've got to read this story, right? Because uh, 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 they they weren't too much of friends. Amen. If if that's friends, I don't need any. Amen. But but when Job turned from the when he prayed for those that had been in his life but weren't faithful to friendship, he the Bible said it was then that God turned. What happened? It was Job that prayed. He interceded. And when he prayed for them, then the Bible said the Lord turned to turn that thing and gave Job twice as much as he ever had before. If God did it before, he can do it again. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so the reality of it is, is this, that even though that we may be going through a storm, Jesus has silenced storms before. Amen. If even though that we're going through difficult situations, we've got to understand that if we'll be faithful, be consistent and persistent and hold on to the promise of God and not waver in our faith, but say that this storm too is going to pass, then God will give us the strength and 
there will be no variableness of shadow of turning. If he turned once, then he can turn it again. If he moved it once, he can move it again. If he fixed it once, then he can fix it for you. And so you just need to know that even though we may be going through the valley of the shadow of death, it does not mean that it's going to sting, it's going to bite us. Because the shadow can harm nobody. But I'm just going through this thing. It's not where I'm going to live. It's not where I'm going to abide. This is not my residence. I'm not building a home here. I'm just going through this valley. But there's a promise on the other side. Praise God. Jacob, uh, Abraham, uh, Isaac and Jacob, they knew the promises of God. And they knew that even though they were going through some things, this is not what they had been promised. This is not the inheritance that was waiting on them. And I just want to say tonight that we may be going through some stuff, but this is not the inheritance. This is not the promise, but we've just got to keep on walking because the promise is just as sure as God's word. Proverbs tells us this, to everything there is a season. Revelation tells us God has gathered up our tears and he's put them all in a vial or vow. Huh? And at the right time, he's, what's he going to do? He said he's going to pour them out. A season's going to change. The tears are going to stop. And he's going to pour them out and he's going to be a harvest that's going to take place from the seed that has been sown. He that goes forth weeping, bearing precious seed, shall doubtlessly come again rejoicing and bringing his harvest with him. You may have wept and cried, but one day those tears are going to come back to you in the form of joy. So, when the season changes, make sure that you don't bring your wrong garment. Don't bring your mourning clothes when the season of mourning is over. Bring your party clothes, bring your hallelujah. Bring your glory to God. Bring your thank you, Jesus. Bring your hands lifted and your heart exalted and glorify him that even though the, the, I hear the scripture as he says in the song of Solomon, for lo, the winter is past and the rain is over and gone and the voice of the turtle dove is heard in our land again. Glory to God. Amen. That turtle dove is the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit starts singing over our life again and, and the, the, the winter is gone. The spring has come and now it is past and now the Holy Spirit is singing over our life again don't be in mourning don't be in weeping be in a time of celebration and know that this is my day this is my hour I've I've cried the tears I've been faithful I've been battle scarred and weary but this is my time this is this is the hour in which I'm going to see the harvest and the promise of God come to pass in my life Amen. Celebrating the victory. Your celebration is a confirmation. And we need to 
learn how to celebrate in the church. Not parades of flesh. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a celebration that comes out of your spirit that you are confirming the word of God is true and the devil is a liar. Amen. It is rejoicing. It, it may be a leaping. It may be a dancing. It may be a clapping of the hands. It may be a running. It may be a shout. But whatever it is, your celebration is a confirmation against your enemy that greater is he that is in you right then all of the enemy that has come against you amen and you're just announcing to the enemy that victory has already come amen that's what that lame man did can you imagine that lame man in acts chapter 3 wasn't it chapter 3 that lame man sitting out there and the bible said that that day when they came and laid hands on him pulled him up by the right hand that what did he do he didn't sit around there saying oh could somebody else give me something No, he threw that money jar down and he went running and leaping into the temple. He was rejoicing. He was confirming the promise of God had taken place in his life. He was celebrating a season of change had come to him. Glory to God. And so I just want to say tonight that whenever we are Uh, Going through these times, we just need to remember that we may have to sow the seed. We have to water the seed. But there is a harvest time that comes. And when the harvest time comes, it's time to rejoice and thank God for his goodness. That's what they did with the prodigal son, right? That prodigal son was lost. He returns to his father's house and his father was waiting. He had already prepared the fatted calf. He had already got the ring. He had already had the robe. He had already had the shoes and he was just waiting uh, intensely with expectation for his son to come. He was looking for the season to change. Amen. He had been through this time of an emptiness and he had been through this time of heartbrokenness. He'd been through this time of suffering, but he was intently looking for the season to change. And with the first glimpse of his son, he cried out and told him to kill the fatted calf. And there's all that kind of symbolism in it. We don't have time to go into tonight, but to kill the fatted calf, to have a party, put a ring on his finger, put a robe on his back, put shoes on his feet. Amen. Because this that was lost is now found. Praise God. And I believe tonight that whenever we go through seasons and we come into a time of harvest, we need to celebrate and give God the glory for what he has done in our life. Amen. Because the reality of it is, is whenever somebody does something for a person, it doesn't have to be necessarily outwardly but, or, or publicly, but they want to know that the person they did for appreciates what they did. Amen. And if we do not come to God and let him know we appreciate what he's done, then we're doing him an injustice. I've said it before, we should never beg God a second longer for something that we're not willing to praise him the same measure of time for when he does it. Amen. 
God, do this. God, do this. And we ask him and we ask him that we should never do that any longer than we're willing to praise him when the answer comes. Hallelujah. Because it's a testimony against our enemy. Glory to God. The seed of the word being applied into our lives. Hallelujah. You ready, Brother Rob?